Hey, it's LTE, a podcast brought to you by the RG Opinion page. LTE, of course, stands for Letters to the Editor. I talk to writers and community leaders about what's on their minds. I'm your host, Brendan O'Meara. Hey, hey. Well, you know what? Really, I mean it. Thanks for listening. I'm glad you're tuning in. I do hope you'll find it in you to subscribe to the show. And of course, consider subscribing to the RG so that we can keep this enterprise up and running. Today's guest is author and climate activist Mary DeMocker. She wrote a guest view a little while ago for the Register Guard about Santa going green. Tongue-in-cheek and very funny. Now, this podcast, I had some audio issues, so I ask that you bear with me on this one. It's kind of a shorty, so I apologize for any audio issues. I'm still getting a feel of the studio. So in any case, without further ado, here's Mary DeMocker. So what would you suggest are some of the things that maybe we can do to curtail some of that uh, consumerism that is the that this time of year is fraught with, for sure? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to give people time and attention, honestly, especially for children as they grow older. So in my own household, I found that just having pretty much one gift from us and one from Santa... Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, relatives, neighbors, friends kind of filled in around that. But we kept the bar really low on purpose because we didn't want it to turn into kind of a stuff fest, you know, uh, on on Christmas morning for us. So that's one way is just to keep the number of gifts down. And then we talked about it. You know, my kids are 20 and 23 now, but we've been talking all the way through about what it means to gather together in the season of giving, what it means to reflect, what it means for our own family tradition or for other families who celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or Solstice. Whatever it is, how can we connect with those other families? But how can we also connect to one another? And the biggest thing the kids wanted from us, (laughs) really honestly, over time, the consistent thing has been for us to be relaxed. Mm. And there's actually research about that where um, scholars, you know, interviewed thousands of children for one study and said, what do you want the most? It wasn't attached to Christmas, but it was, what do you want the most in the world? And they said, for my parents to be less stressed and tired. So on the holidays, we really tried to honor that and keep things to a minimum. So the gift numbers are low. We stopped sending cards and we stopped... Um, wrapping things in regular paper we just bought you know I went to the the quilt store the fabric store and I bought four different fabrics that we've been using literally for 15 years they're so pretty and they're only used at the holidays so they're still really fresh and I'm sure you've found out in the work that you do that if you can just turn down the dial on that consumer switch, life gets a bit richer, right? It does. And I think spending time creatively together means also unplugging, at least for us. So when we get together with the cousins at Christmas, we specifically try to say up front, we're going to have a screen-free connection or a screen now that they're older, reduced. And then we'll try to propose something, like some kind of... My sister-in-law's Dutch, so she she has this, a tradition called Supresa, where you give, you do a gift, you know, you draw names, and then the focus is actually on the wrapping more than on the gift itself, and you have to do something to make that fun. So whether it's a little treasure hunt to find it, or a riddle, or, you know, my son got kayak gloves from one, you know, one cousin, and, and the, they were wrapped in a handmade cardboard kayak. 
So that was oh, as wow. much fun as getting the gift itself was the hour or two that people spent conniving together and kind of teaming up to make it be something funny and creative um, and bonding. So that's just one of many ideas. I actually have ideas in my book. The Parents' Guide to Climate Revolution has a chapter just on gift giving. So that's one thing people can look at. And then actually I have on my website a, uh, a, a gift giving guide for exactly this issue. What do you think it's really going to take for people to level up to what needs to be done to try to curtail some of this uh, human-induced climate change? Yeah, that's a really good and big question. Um, I, In my particular work, I actually advocate that people focus less on individual carbon footprint shrinking at this point and more on, on politics and more on civics, more on system mm. change. And I don't think, there's a big, you know, there's a big debate these days in the climate circles on Twitter and in, you know, a lot of <clears throat> the forums that I'm part of uh, where people are saying we have to, you know, like you're saying, show up in this way and others saying we have to do system change. And what I say is do both. And if you're super busy or let's say you're, you know, you're going through graduate school or you have a newborn or you're you're supporting someone with cancer in your own family. I think we need to be kind to ourselves if we're super overwhelmed in our daily lives. And people more and more are overwhelmed as some of the systems that we've been accustomed to in the past are, are breaking down. Some of the, you know, support systems in education and in healthcare. So I think that's very real, the overwhelm. And so I try not to guilt trip people right. at all into saying, you know, we've got to do this. Because the fact is, we have to do system change. We have to change our political system if we're going to do what scientists say needs to be done in time to avert wholesale climate catastrophe. So when you, when you look at that as the baseline of what needs to be done in terms of, look, we've got the science in front of us and we're being told what to do, which is to slash emissions nearly in half by 2030. We're almost at 2020. We have a few years left to turn things around. We're not gonna do it by just guilt tripping each other to not drive to the post office. But I think in an election year like this, this is the time to prioritize political system change and to really, whatever it is that you believe in, to really go to the polls and demand that, but not only go to the polls, but get out the vote for, for with other people that that you're in relationship with because people trust other people. So what I do in my work is I give people lots of ideas, a menu of ideas for how to align their principles and the things that mean the most to them with their actions and their words and ask them, invite them to, to find the way that those things line up that work for them. That's why I literally wrote a book that has hundreds of ideas. So if you're an introvert, maybe you want to write something. If you're showy and theatrical, maybe you want to do a protest. Maybe you want to just talk at work over the water cooler about how cool it is that the wind is the cheapest form of energy available on the planet at this point and talk about why there's so much resistance to it on the political level, whatever it is, you know, write a little, a little um, holiday card and talk about your concerns for the new year or your or your resolutions for the new year. Find some small way to change the cultural conversation and to be part of the political change that has to come, and that people like Greta Thunberg are leading. So just to be aware of incredible amounts of movement at this point and join them in the ways that work for you and more than that know that we do have 
a scientific prescription for the planet that's been laid out in the IPCC report and the UN reports and by top climatologists. And those things say unequivocally, it's going to be hard, but we can do it. We can turn this around, but we have to start now. If you had to take one big systemic swing, what would that look like? Well, for me, it would be a Green New Deal. Right there, that's one big you know, package of policy changes that would, would, would dial down, would pr- pretty much put an end to the fossil fuel infrastructure and pivot all the money, all the subsidies that go in there to in- investments in renewable, clean renewable energy, retraining workers from those dirty energy fields into clean energy. We need massive support for workers in those industries. And and really support education and innovation and and real policy so that we're leaders on the global level of a clean energy, we're the clean energy superpower, as some of the candidates have said, instead of leading us backwards into last century's dirty energy systems that are literally killing the planet. We, We know that now. We've seen the wildfires, we've seen the reports, we've seen the melting, we've seen the floods. It's, it's here, it's happening, it's scaring everybody. And the, something like a Green New Deal would actually uh, put policies to match up with the science and what science is demanding that we do to stay within the, the laws of, of nature. Now, as we wind down our conversation, I was hoping that maybe you could uh, read a letter to the editor here, just by uh, starting out by reading the headline, the letter, and of course, who read it in the city they're from. Sure. Can a girl get a bath bomb? It's a chilly, rainy Sunday evening in Eugene, and a hot bath is just what you need. You head down the street to Walmart to pick up a bath bomb and a few household essentials. However, instead of what's supposed to be a quick, convenient trip to your local Walmart, you are treated like a criminal. Imagine walking into a Walmart. You visit the beauty section to buy your bath bomb before finishing your shopping trip. After being watched on the many surveillance cameras and TVs displayed throughout the store, you finally make it to the checkout. After successfully checking out, all of which is documented on the cameras in front of you, you rush out to your car. Not too quick, though. The worker at the door must stop you to scan your receipt to make sure you didn't steal anything. What's up, Walmart? I might as well enjoy my bath in the local jail if I'm going to be treated like a criminal. But kind of prisk, Eugene. Well, that's great. Uh, Thank you so much for doing that, and thank you for carving the time, of course. Uh, Where can people get more familiar with your work, Mary, if they're not already familiar with it? Yeah, they can check out my website, which is marydemacher.com, and they'll find all kinds of resources, links to my book and blogs and places they can sign up for a newsletter and find out what where I'm speaking in the coming year and um, articles I've written, all kinds of stuff. <laughs>